Hello, ladies. We would like to welcome you to our Goodness and Gracious podcast. It is our desire for this podcast to help women to grow and be strengthened by taking the Bible and laying out God's plan for our lives. Now, throw in some laundry. If you have kids at home, send them to their room. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink because it's time for just you and God. Oh, well, and I guess us. Now, let's dive right in. Welcome back, ladies, to Goodness and Gracious. My name's Renee. And I'm Chrissy. So we are continuing with our Fruit of the Spirit series. Uh, Last month, we talked about love and what that looks like in the relationship between God and us, and then in our relationships with others, whether they are friends or foes. So let's start off by reading the key verse in Galatians. Galatians 5.22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So where are we headed, Christy? So we are excited to move through each one of these fruits of the Spirit. And today we're going to talk about joy. I wore yellow today. You can't see that, but I wore yellow because when I think of joy, I think of yellow, which I think of yellow all the time. Yeah, it's it's my favorite color. So everything is going to be yellow, but I am feeling the joy today. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? (laughs) All right. That's... They've heard enough of me. (laughs) (laughs) So as I read some random definitions for the word joy, I found myself saying, yeah, that's close, but something's missing. Definitions based on Merriam-Webster website, like the emotion evoked by well-being success or good fortune, or by the prospect and possessing what one desires, which is delight. Uh, the expression or exhibition of such emotion, which is gaiety, and then a source or cause of delight. Now we're getting close. So that's what I, that's kind of getting close to what I thought was missing. Okay. Well, to be honest, this definition struck a nerve with me because of the definition Webster was giving is only temporary joy. It's not the real joy. Now, don't get me wrong, my family and my grandbabies bring me joy and happiness, but it is only temporary. The joy is not in what we have, it is in Jesus. And we just got back from a Zach Williams concert. Yes, we did. Thankful to my friend Chrissy for the Christmas present. It was it was great. Absolutely loved it. And I was telling her it brought a lot of joy and happiness, excitement. It was a very, very good concert. But this is Sunday. Yep. That was Friday. Yep. I mean, yes, I'm happy I got to go. And it was joyful, Mm -hmm. but it was only temporary. Yeah. Today's another day. Yep. So the joy is in Jesus, not in the things of this life. Right. So the biblical definition of joy says that joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. Bam. That's, that is it. That's what was missing. And although that is it, it is still hard to put into words when you have true joy, 
don't get Renee started on <laughs> true joy because I can say that. we're going to be here forever <laughs> if you, you know, there's a, there's a side note to that. So I find that I have a challenging time explaining to myself even why I am so joyful, even in times when there seems to be no reason to be joyful. Have you ever found yourself doing mm-hmm. that? Yep. I know perfectly well that the things that are happening around me are absolutely nothing to be joyful about. And yet here I am with a joy that I cannot shake. So it is funny how when you are studying a specific topic, that topic pops up everywhere. Like (laughs) it has been, we started talking about joy where the podcast is going to be about joy and then joy is here and joy is there. So I was reading in one of my morning devotions, uh, the Paul Chapel's A Word to the Wise, practical advice from the book of Proverbs. And there was a story that I think applies here. This was the story of a man named Jeremy Taylor that pastored in England and served as chaplain to King Charles I during the English Civil War in the 1600s. He was imprisoned after the king was overthrown. He maintained his stand and suffered for being obedient to God during this time. And this is what he had to say about his experience. He said, They have not taken away my merry countenance, my cheerful spirit, and a good conscience. They have still left me with the providence of God and all his promises, my hopes of heaven, and my charity to them too. And still I sleep and digest, eat and drink. I read and meditate. And he that hath so many causes of joy and so great should never choose to sit down upon his little handful of thorns. Joy is referenced about 155 times in the KJV Bible. So it seems to be pretty important. And joy is even something that Jesus felt about us. Well, let's take it to Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What was the source of joy that made him leave all of heaven and come to a world that would reject him? It was us, you and me. We are that joy. Does that move you? I mean, it kind of humbles me. I don't know how it makes you feel, Renee, but to think that I was that joy. He came for the joy that was set before him. And I was that joy. Right, right. Because we feel like we're nothing. Yep, exactly. And to a certain extent, we are. Right. But we're something to him. Well, there's one Bible verse that says, we're the apple of his eye. Yeah. I mean, you think about that, you know? (laughs) Definitely. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I think that so many times, well-meaning people use scripture as good sayings, but they lack the real meat behind them, which is the real reason why God so lovingly provided his word for us. Psalm 118.24 does not say, we will rejoice and be glad in it when things are hunky-dory, when there is food on the table and livestock in the barn, when there is a promotion on the way and a vacation marked on the calendar. 
Even though we like vacation. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> and promotions. Yes, those are great as well. But temporary. Yep. It just simply says, this is the day that the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. When things are looking grim, right now it's Russia and Ukraine. When it is great value, not even craft macaroni and cheese instead of steak and potato. When you are working hard for the money and no one cares that it's not enough. And vacation, what in the world is that? John 15, 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So if you read the whole chapter, which I encourage you to do, um, you will see why the disciples and us can have joy. True joy. <laughs> yeah, we got it out, Renee. We got it out. I we couldn't believe it. it. You didn't, we didn't mess it up. We didn't. And for those of you that don't know the story behind that, um, true joy is very hard to say and sounds a whole lot like chew toy. <laughs> but we made it through it. Yes. He talks about he is the true vine and that we are clean through his word and that we can abide in him since we are branches and must be attached to him, which is the vine, to produce anything of any significance. It talks about keeping his commandments and abiding in his love, loving others and the fact that the world hated him. So it surely will hate you since you are his. But it also talks about how he is leaving, but once he leaves, the comforter will come. Notice that he did not say everything will be smooth sailing. On the contrary, he said we would be hated. But right in the middle of that chapter, he says that he has spoken these things so that their, which is our joy, might be full. Now, that seems a little bit suspicious, and yet, at the same time, the most inviting thing ever, I think. How in the world can he claim that our joy would be full when the chapter itself has its fair share of things that seem pretty questionable on whether they would contribute to our joy? As studying for the podcast, I came upon this lady, Kira Bridges, and she gave eight biblical truths about joy I would like to share with you. Number one, joy comes from him. And number two, faith and obedience to him brings us joy, which includes keeping his commands, trusting him, and seeking after the things of him. Number three, how much joy we experience directly relates to the closeness and steadfastness of our relationship with him. Number four, sin hinders us from experiencing joy because sin separates us from him. Number five, joy transcends circumstances. We can experience joy in all things. Six, having joy blesses us. I never thought of it that way. No. To be honest with you. <laughs> um, number seven, joy helps us enjoy life and be grateful for everything God provides. And number eight, true joy can, I know, <laughs> true joy can and should be shared with others. She ended with this, exploring what the Bible says about joy brings us to one conclusion. Joy is the result of a life lived for him. All very, very profound 
yes. points. Yeah, yes. I know when I when I was reading through this and and I saw that number six, um, having joy blesses us. It kind of struck me as yeah. what yeah. you know. <laughs> I just I had to read it over and over and over again um, to really um, to really get it. But I like number five as well. Joy transcends transcends circumstances. And we can experience joy in all things. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that's lacking, I think. Um, right. It's so hard for people to grasp. But I think that you find that joy in it being constant, you don't really realize that's happening in your, in your life. You You have to get into certain circumstances to realize it's there and it's always been underlying, you know. Well, I think, I don't know we use the excuse of our flesh gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true to a certain extent, but you can still find joy yes. in the midst of your sorrow, in the midst of your pain. Yep. In spite of yourself. Right, right. James 1, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So I'm just going to be completely honest here. From the very beginning of my salvation, this verse has intrigued me greatly. As a babe in Christ, I could not see how trials were going to help me have joy. I didn't question it per se. I just didn't understand it. Then the first trial came along. And although compared to later trials, it was smaller in significance, it was rough for me at the time. But guess what? He saw me through it. And although I was not the same person, I was able to witness just what it means when he promises that he will not leave nor forsake his own. What a foundation this was laying for my joy to build on. As trials came and went and still come and go, I am learning that he is building within me the knowledge and the experience to know that it does not matter what happens on the outside and around me. Joy is not and cannot be found in any of that. That's right. Well, let's look at Acts twenty twenty four. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Let's read that part again. I may finish my course with joy in the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus. So as Christians, we cannot say that joy comes from anywhere else. I'm grateful that he is my joy in times of sorrow and in times of happiness and in everything in between. All of it. Love it. Yes. So joy is only found in him. And that can only be learned in ways that he sees fit. And sometimes that is trials. You know, one of the hard things. Yeah, definitely. But you think about it, it, it's hard. But when you're through it, you look back over and you're thought, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was. Nope. It's because he was leading your hand. Mm -hmm. If you would just from the very, very beginning say, Lord, it is yours. I'm laying it down. I'm giving it all to you. I'm done with it. Just hold my hand through it. It'd be so much easier. Yes. But like always, our flesh gets in the way. (laughs) And then we just got to, we're looking at the trial instead of looking at our Christ. That is everything. That is our joy. Yep. And I think this is the weird part is that we get through the trial and we look back at it and we, and we, sometimes we may think just like you said, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. 
Um, but and this is a kicker. We look at the trial and we think, I'm thankful I had that. Yeah. Because it has grown me spiritually closer to him. Right. Right. Well, like I've talked over and over and over the last few years with my health. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Some of the last two years, the hardest two years I've ever had to do, you know, in my life. Would I do it over again? Yeah, because I see where it has brought me to. And it's all because he was just chiseling away yeah. at my That's bad exactly. things. Yep. Yep. And I mean, the chiseling is fantastic. I, I love <laughs> that part. We're gonna we're gonna use that <laughs> word invigorating. The chiseling is invigorating. But I mean it's helped mold and shape me into what I am today. And I think he's been doing that all along with me and you both to get us to where we are today. Yes. To be able to come and speak with these ladies about the things in our lives and what God is doing in our lives and showing them that we are not perfect. Right. We mess up, we fail. I mean, still today we do all that, yep. but yet he is still there with us, loving on us, showing us and helping us, getting us, getting us through. And he can, if he can do that with me and you, and I'm the pastor's wife, this is a deacon's wife saying all this. And even if you're not, those guy can still see you through and change you and mold you into what he wants you to be. Right. You know, we don't have to be perfect. Here's the thing. Because he is. Yeah, exactly. The The <laughs> yeah. job of being perfect is already taken. Yeah. The position is not up for um, being filled. He's already filled it. And that I'm thankful takes a, for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. It takes the pressure right off. We don't have to be perfect. Now, that's not saying that we shouldn't strive to be the very best right. that we can be for him. And we should be doing that. But to be perfect... It's something that's not attainable for us. So, if well, if we, we were perfect, stop, we wouldn't need him. Exactly. Yes, so, exactly right. Yeah. I kind of like the way it's set up because I like I like him. His way <laughs> like, is yeah, always perfect yeah. and great. I like having him. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so we'll just let him keep leading. <laughs> sure, I'm I'm good with that. You know, and sometimes I shudder to think at the resources that he has so freely given me um, for this journey. Um, to solidify my joy that I have either willingly or ignorantly disregarded, thinking that I knew better how to endure this life and find joy at the same time. Like my way for doing that is superior to his. Psalm 16, 8 through 11 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. And here is the best part, verses 10 and 11. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In the presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So I love how the first portion of this group of scripture says, because he is at my right hand, and at the end they say, at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I don't know. It's just something that I was reading that I was like, I just like that. It starts out with the right hand and it ends with the right hand. It saddens me, though, that most people, even Christians, including myself, have mistaken happiness for joy. Question, what are you actually when you seem to be joyful when you go on a vacation or get a promotion 
or meet a new friend or get married or have a new boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the case might be, or have a baby or buy a new house or a car. The list can go on and go on and on. What do you actually have in those instances? And here's here's a key. These are happenings. So you have happiness. happiness. Yep, makes sense. Yep, yep, sure do. Now, please do not get me wrong. You know, being happy is not a terrible thing. But happiness is just a cheap knockoff of true joy. If what brings you happiness is not viewed from the joy lens and who the joy lens is. The road of being happy in the happenings is comparable to a roller coaster, I think. Mm. <laughs> yeah, ex- that's exactly right. That's what I was thinking. In the valleys, there is nothing to sustain you. The hills are great, and even the descending is the most exciting time if you're thinking about a roller coaster and in those terms. If you liked roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> But the valley, that's not so thrilling. When you have joy, you have constant sustainability. And constant is the key word there. Constant sustainability. You rejoice at all times. And then when the happenings come, they are just an embellishment of your true, constant, sustaining joy. Now, here's the profound part. When you are in constant sustaining joy and the bad things happen, they are not able to rip your joy foundation out from under you. I am one of them that have always looked at it wrong. I believed it was my family, my possessions, whether I'm having a good day or whatever that brought me joy. But as the Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So as you see in scripture, our joy comes from the Lord Period. Period. Yes. I know you may be questioning how can I have joy in my life? It's a mess. Work's bad. Marriage's falling apart. Kids are not following Jesus or in church, etc. Well, you're looking at your circumstances and not at Jesus himself. If we can keep our mind and eyes focused on him through all things in life, we will have joy because he is our joy. There is joy in serving Jesus and having him as our savior and as our friend. So have you ever played tag? And you knew that if you hadn't been tagged by the person that was it, if you could just make it back to base, you'd be safe. So joy is base. When approaching all that pertains to life, because Jesus is the only source of joy. First Peter 1.8, in talking about the appearing of Jesus Christ says, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom Though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Love that part right there. You have not seen him, but you love him. You have not seen him, but he supplies joy unspeakable. In Psalms 5, the psalmist David talks about his enemies, the workers of iniquity, the deceitful, the wicked, and then he quickly turns the focus on himself and the faithful believers. He says in verse 11, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Those that trust in him have reason to rejoice. As a matter of fact, 
they have the only reason to rejoice. If there was nothing else to rejoice over, Psalms 35, 9 sums it up. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. And you know what? That is enough. That is what sustains. That is the base. That is the foundation. I cannot comprehend how people can go through life without him. I sit and I try to actually sit and think of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't know. I just... Maybe it's because I've been a Christian since I was seven years old, but I just cannot comprehend my life without him. Um, but sadly, they think everything else in life brings them joy. But what is going to happen when all those things are gone and they don't have Jesus? Yep. There is joy in the journey, and that joy is Jesus. Here's a quote I found from Elizabeth Elliot. The world looks for happiness through self-assertions. The Christian knows that joy is found in self-abandonment. If man will let himself be lost for my sake, Jesus said, he will find his true self. I guess that I am just of the mindset that this self-abandonment will be something that you will long to do once Jesus takes up residence. I'm, I'm thinking people think it's too hard or they have to give up so much. You know, basically they're... I won't say completely riding the fence of, of fence of the world and in, in the Lord, but I think it's just where a lot of the issues lie in the world with with so called Christians is they still want to dab into the worldly things yep. and love Jesus and not give up their things with self abandonment and all. You know, does that make sense? Yep, it does. So basically, all of these things still to them just bring so much joy and happiness. But like we keep saying through this whole podcast, it's only temporary. Yeah. Your joy is not in these things. And how do you get that through to people that's, they, they're lost? How do you get to those people that are riding the fence? Yep. How do you get to those people that maybe they're better than the riding the fence people? But does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that makes talking sense. in circles here or whatever, no. but. I don't know. I I think it's what because where's the Bible verse about leave leave father mother and yep. you know all the things that I don't even remember where the Bible verse is or whatever. People think I have to give up everything. Yeah, I don't think that's what Christ is talking about. I no. think the Christ is talking about He is what matters. You those to me all of those things. You know the grandbabies, of course. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a blessing. That he's given us. It's our embellishment to yeah, our joy. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where people get it confused is that they, yeah. they think that's the joy when it's really not. That's to me, I just consider that a blessing and not joy. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. It makes perfect sense to me. I think there are so many people that um they think that they're taking the best of both worlds. But they're just getting the cheap knockoff. They're not actually getting, they fooled themselves into believing that they um, are grasping, you know, I have Jesus and I love him, but I have these other things that are bringing me joy. And they don't realize that they're really forfeiting what actual joy is. And I think there are so many things that we can have in life um, that bring us happiness. You know, you talk about the grandbabies. Those, listen, <laughs> I can't even, <Yeah. laughs> I can't even tell you, you know, if you don't have grandbabies, um, just wait, because <laughs> it's going to be better than anything you've ever experienced. But if I'm not viewing them through the correct joy lens, 
and seeing that all joy, true joy, not just chew toys, <laughs> true joy comes from him. When I view, when I put that joy lens of him, Jesus, right up to everything, then I can better view what these actual happenings are bringing me in as far as happiness. If, if I'm leaving Jesus out of it and I'm not putting that joy lens up there, I'm not putting that Jesus lens up there, I'm not fully experiencing what those are. Mm-hmm. I'm really not. And it's sad to me that people pursue things that have nothing to do with Jesus and they put a blanket over it and say it's okay. And I'm just saying you're missing out. Right. You're just totally missing out. Could you put blessings mixed in with happiness instead of with joy? Yeah. Would that be more of a better? Does Mm -hmm. it make sense? Yep. Yeah, because joy is it's standard. Okay, so you have Jesus and you accept him for who he fully is, that he is everything and he's all that you need. Once you do that and then you start changing, you can feel you can, you know, you're just changing, you're just going along, and then you start viewing things through that lens, blessings, happenings, everything that that comes in life, even those happenings that are bad. You find the joy in them. Mm-hmm. If you don't have, if you're not running them through that lens, if you're not running um, everything that happens, then those happenings that are bad, those are going to bring you down, and they're going to rip that foundation right from underneath you because it wasn't a foundation at all. You know, we talk about um, Jesus talks about building on the sand, building on the rock, and if you're building on happenings and happiness. And blessings, what you would what you would consider to be a blessing, you know, the first bad thing that happens is going to be gone. Right. It's it's going to be out of here. But if you're building that, you feel like your whole world is exactly. crashing in, and you have nothing left. And you have you can't even focus. You can't even. Yeah. There's nothing left to live for. There's nothing left for this. There's nothing left for that. Um, I I've been there. Right. I've been there. When you when your eyes pop open in the morning and you feel like you have nothing to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. You have nothing that has remained. You've jumped from one thing to the next that you think is bringing you joy, but it's actually just bringing you happiness for for the temporary. For a season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've been there. I have been there when my eyes popped up in the morning. I'm like, well, that's over. So there's nothing really to be, you know, happy about. Well, we've made it through this vacation and it was, you know, it's it's not about that. When you, but when your eyes pop up in the morning and you're like, Thank you, Lord, for this day. Mm-hmm. You know, he's immediately what comes to mind. That and only then and only then can you say, I'm I'm starting to understand what joy right. is. Right. You can have joy all the time. Yeah. And true joy. Yeah. Not chew toys. <laughs> you can have true joy. <laughs> so we hope that this was a blessing to you. Um and, and not your joy. <laughs> wait, we, we don't want to be your joy. We just want to be a blessing to you. Um, and I'm excited to say, I think we're going to have some I guests. I think so. Yeah. yeah. They just don't know it yet. They don't, they don't have any idea. So if you see them out and about, I'm not going to tell you who it is. Don't let them know because, um, it's going to be a surprise, but yeah, yeah. I'm excited to yeah. talk up. We're going to continue our talk on joy, um, for our next segment. Um, and we're going to have some, um, special guests join us and talk, have them talk about joy, right. um, what their take is 
on joy. Sounds like fun. Yep. I'm yep. excited. So until next time, ladies, we hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Share it with someone else. And until next time, we love you all. See ya. We thank you for joining us for our goodness and gracious podcast. We pray that this was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more information about our women's ministry we have to offer, or you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com women. We hope you will join us next time. And until then, we pray God blesses you with his goodness and gracious.